But uh, today's daf is daf tes, page nine. In the Halig of the Holy Mesechus Tubas, we got to the very bottom of Chesom and Beis. We're up to the last three words. You'll see a two dots, you'll see a colon. We're up to Amar Rebbe Lazar. And the Gemara just came, uh, j- just completed the topic of um, uh, the uh, Reish Lakish and his interpreter and things that they would say uh, at various stages of the life cycle to people. And we ended off with the fascinating story of Rabbi Gamliel. It says that they would, they, they would drink one cup of wine in honor, in honor of Rabbi Gamliel. What did Rabbi Gamliel do? He made sure he had a simple, simple, simple funeral to lower the standards of what people were paying for uh, funerals for their loved ones because it was turning into uh, mace mitzvah. People would just stop burying their dead because of the exorbitant costs. And Rav Gamliel made sure that his funeral, you know, if you want to change something, you better be the first one to do it. So Rav Gamliel made sure his funeral, he had the simplest coffin with the simplest shrouds. And in his honor and out of respect for him for doing this for Klau Yisrael, they had a cup of wine um, in, a, in a house of mourning. Okay, we're now going to go back into our sugya of a besula, a virgin, getting married on Wednesday. Now, why would, they, why would they get married on Wednesday? One idea was tainas besula, right? That in case there's a claim against her virginity, we want to make sure that he's able to go immediately to Bezdin to, to state his claim. Here we go. Amar Rebbe Lazar, Rebbe Lazar says, we now turn to the top of Daftes Amar Aleph. If somebody says, after living with his wife on the first night, I found a Pesach Pasuach, meaning I found that at the time of our intercourse, my wife had, rela- had the type of body of a Ba'ula. There was already a pre-existing Opening. The halacha is nemra neman la He's believed to prohibit her on him. Now, this is interesting because he's not believed to say that she had relations over the past year. Let's remind ourselves what, what, what you know what would happen. A couple would get married. She's a completely married woman. He put a ring on her finger, and then they would wait twelve months until nesuin, till moving in together. Now, if if she is an established besula, and then the first night of marriage that they're together, it turns out that she doesn't uh, she, she doesn't have besulim. So now we have a big problem, not only a uh, a problem for their shalom bias, but a real halachic problem. Because what if she had relations with another man willingly over the last twelve months? She's a married woman having relations, and she would become forbidden to her husband. Now, do we know for sure that it's over the last 12 months? We don't know that for sure. So, well, it's just a possibility that there was a the previous relationship. Right. Okay, well, it, there, if she claimed to be a Basula all along, so then she obviously was not in a pre-existing relationship. Okay? So the assumption is, if at the time they got married... She was saying she's a basula, and now she has the body of a baula, and so uh, you know. Thus, it's again. You're right. It's just an assumption, but she's going to be forbidden to him because of that. Okay. Now, keep in mind again. This is only for him. 
this is it's not like there's witnesses about this. It's not like we consider her to be uh, a woman who's now chayav as uh, having relations willingly as a married woman. But it's the same as a person saying, you know, I believe this piece of meat isn't kosher. If you think that piece of meat isn't kosher, don't eat it. That's it. It doesn't mean it's not kosher for anybody else. It means for you, it's not kosher. So over here as well, what we're saying is, Nemon la'isra alav. He's only... He only believed with this claim in as much to make her forbidden to him. Says the Gemara, one second. Va'amai. Why should she be forbidden? We now are going to get into Rabiel's question. Says the Gemara, Sfeik Sfeikahu. This is a doubt of a doubt. Whenever you're in doubt about a doubt, you're not strict. Now, what's the doubt about the doubt? Here we go. Doubt number one is, when did she become a non-virgin. Suffolk tachtov, Suffolk ain't tachtov. Maybe she lost her besulim before she was even married to him. The mar tachtov. And even if you're going to say that she lost her virginity over the last 12 months, Suffolk ain't Suffolk beratzen. How do you know she did it willingly? Maybe some uh, somebody violated her, or seduced her, or whatever it was. And if somebody violates a woman or seduces a woman, it's not considered with her will and she's still permitted to her husband. So ask the Gemara, why, you know, they get married. They have Nesuin. The first night they have relations, she has the body of a Ba'ula. And he comes and says, Pesach Pesuach, there was an opening over here. Okay, now opening, I translate it to mean there's no Dam Besulim. Really, the Mepharshim explained it to mean that the opening was wider than it would usually be by a Besula. It seems somebody else had already made an entrance. All right. Now, the reason why it's more than just having Dam Basulim because there are women that don't have Dam. There are specific families as well that within, with, just within their biological makeup, they don't have blood. But ask the Gemara the, a bottom line question, and that is you don't forbid somebody due to a doubt on a doubt. And this is a Sveik Seika. It's a doubt on a doubt. So why are they forbidden? Says the Gemara, like Tzricha Beishas Kayin. You're right. You know what the case is? In Eishas Kayin. Now, remember, the wife of a Kohen, even if she's violated against her will, becomes forbidden to her husband. So therefore, what's our only doubt over here? When the Kohen comes to Bezdin on Thursday morning, and he comes with the claims against her Besulim, there's only one doubt, and that is Tachtav or Eino Tachtav. So it's a doubt, it's a suffix, a single suffix, and that's why we're strict. But let's say it would be Yisrael, maybe we would be lenient. Or you could say, Be'ishas Yisrael. And this halacha applies even when you have a regular Yisrael that's going to Bezdin on Thursday morning with Tainas Pesulim. Aye, what about the Sveik Sveika? She should still be permitted to him, says the Gemara. For example, the father accepted for her marriage when she was less than three years old and a day. And therefore, in order for the, if she doesn't have the body of a basula, it's got to be that it happened afterwards. And let's explain what this means. For us, this is a very strange conversation, just because of not only our uh, physical makeup, but also the societal makeup of nowadays. But way back when, when women were getting married much younger than they are now. So remember, the Torah allowed a father to marry off his daughter. If a girl is less than three years old, three years old in a day, we say that if there's any sort of intercourse that happens with her, 
her besulim are going to grow back. Her body is going to go back to the way that it was originally. Older than that, even though it's not, she's not capable, it's not even called an intercourse per se, and she's not capable of becoming pregnant. But the, if the besulim are broken, it's going to, the, 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 or there's an opening that's made, we'll call it Pesach Pesuach, an opening that's made, that Pesach Pesuach is going to, be, is, is going to remain. Says the Gemara, I can give you another case where you have a husband claiming that perhaps the wife had relations after her marriage. You know what it was? When he married the wife, when he married his wife, when she was younger than three years old in a day, and then he waited to live with her, let's say 12 months, let's say five years, let's say 10 years, let's say whatever, however long it was. He, the bottom line is, if at the time that he originally married her, she was younger than that age of three years old in a day, there's no excuse for her to not have besulim and say, oh, it wasn't tachtav. It certainly was. Because if it, if it was prior to me being tachtav, your besulim would have grown back. So there's no doubt anymore whether the body changed while they were married. Of course, there's no other option. So what's the only suffix over here now? There's only one suffix, and that is, was it an ones or not? Was it willingly or unwillingly? Again, whenever you have one suffix, so it's suffix do raisa, it's a suffix uh, biblical da, and that's where we're going to be strict. Okay. Says the Gemara, Michael Mashwalon, what's your Kiddush over here? Tanina, we learned in the Mishnah. If a man says to a woman, Kiddashtich, behold, I am marrying you. And she says, No way, no how, never did, never will. A guy walks around claiming, let's give a kid, 15 year old boy, he's walking around town saying that uh, he's got a 15-year-old girlfriend. He put a ring on her finger and she accepted the marriage. And therefore, they're married. He's really cool. He says they're married. And she's like, dude, what are you talking about? Never happened, never will happen. You know what the Allah is? If you're saying you're married to her, guess what? You are now forbidden to any of her relatives. They're all considered arias to you because of your claim. You've just forbidden all these people on you. And by her saying that it never happened, she remains permitted to his relatives. Okay? Because she's, there's no reason to assume otherwise. So you see from over here, it says the Gemara, that we already have this halacha in place. That when somebody prohibits something on themselves... It's going to be prohibited. Even when the flip side is still going to be allowed. I would say there's a difference. Because when he says that I know I married her. So the, you know there, there's a lot more clarity over here. But over here when he says Pesach Pasuach. When he says listen I had relations with her. And you know I, I think her body was not the body of a Besula. Does he know that for sure? Are you the greatest expert over here? Not necessarily. Kamash Malan, therefore Rabbi Lazar tells us a Chiddush, even by Pesach Pesuach, that we're going to rely on him to say she didn't have the opening of a Besula. Says the Gemara, Mi Amar Rabbi Lazar, Hachi. Did Rabbi Lazar really say that? Vama Rabbi Lazar. Rabbi Lazar says, We're not going to enter a fascinating sugya that has to do with the laws of Sota. A, man, a, a woman doesn't become usher to her husband. Unless there's kinoi, unless he warns her in front of two witnesses, 
and there is stira. She also secludes herself. Machokas in the Gemara in the Mishnah and Saita, whether that that uh, seclusion also has to be with one witness or two witnesses. But the bottom line is, says Rabbi Lazar, a woman only becomes forbidden to her husband to, to her husband with kinoy ustira, and because of the Maisa shehaya, and because of the story which happened. Now we're about to get into the fascinating story of David and Bathsheba. Okay, now the Gemara is not going to get into every last detail of, uh, of David and Bathsheba, but suffice it to say, just for our purposes until we get into what the Gemara will share with us, is that Uriah uh, was married to a woman by the name of Bathsheba. Uriah went off into battle. He ultimately was killed, but even before he was killed, uh, David Amelach had relations um, with his husband, so you see that a woman becomes usher to to uh, her husband only when you when there's you know uh, only when the terrorist says you're going to be usher with kinoi ustira, but just by the husband knowing that she uh, had relations with somebody else doesn't necessarily forbid her. So the Gemara is asking why would this claim of pesach pesuach with the, with the husband showing up and saying oh I found an opening an open opening. Yeah, that was that wasn't the body of a besula. Why are we why are we saying she's forbidden to him? So the Gemara says, "Vetisbara, is it logical that that's Rabbi Lazar's opinion?" Yeah, was there any kino yestira by David and Bathsheba? Did Uriah warn Bathsheba about about uh, secluding herself with David Amalek? No, never happened. We know there was stira, but we don't see that before Uriah went off to battle. He told his wife, oh, don't you dare get together with David HaMelech. And furthermore, me um, Asrua, did Bathsheba ever become forbidden to her husband? Do we see that? We don't see that at all. Because by the way, what happens at the end of that story, which we're going to get into, and the story, Uriah doesn't come home. He ultimately dies. And Bathsheba and David HaMelech re- remain married until David HaMelech ended up passing away. Now, if they remained married, it must be that she never became forbidden to the husband and she's not forbidden to the boel either, right? When you're forbidden to the husband, you're also gone forbidden to the one who had forbidden relationships with you. If she would have become forbidden to Uriah, she should not have been allowed to remain together with David HaMelech either. Says the Gemara, Halokasha. There's no question on how we're quoting Rabbi Lazar, because this is really what we mean. A woman only becomes forbidden to her husband when she has relations through kinoi, through warning, and stira. And you learn it out from the story of David and Bathsheba. Because there was no kinoi, there was no stira, and therefore there was no prohibition either. But if there would have been kinoi and stira, that's when we say, there is a prohibition. Says the We still have a question that needs to be answered because kino yestira in. You only become forbidden when there's kino yestira pesach basuach now pesach basuach. So let's take a step back. Let's pause for a minute. The Gemara said just now for a woman to become forbidden to her current husband. What needs to happen? The husband has to warn her about being together with another guy, with witnesses, and there also needs to be seclusion. 
question for everybody. You ready for this? The first night of marriage, a husband and wife are together. It's Wednesday night. Thursday morning, the husband wakes up and goes to Bezdin. What does he say? Pesach Pesuach. She didn't have the body of a basula. She didn't have the opening of a basula. Says the Gemara. What, that's going to forbid her on him? You just said she does, she's not forbidden on him anyway, unless there's Kino Yustira. So who cares about a claim of Tainas Besulim? What does it matter? Beautiful question, right? This whole back and forth is throwing our whole topic, our whole, our whole mission, our whole halacha, is throwing it, is, is throwing it out, and it's getting rid of the whole thing. Who cares if the husband shows up and says, Pesach Pesuach? So what? Did you warn her? Did you see her? Were there witnesses that she secluded herself? Either one or two? No. So who cares? Says the Gemara, one second. We're going to start to answer the question like a good Jew with a question. Says the Gemara, one second. According to your own reasoning. Kinoi Ustira in. Through Kinoi Ustira... She becomes forbidden. Edim light. But through witnesses, she's not going to become usher. And we know that's not true. You need Edim. El haki gamar. Rather, let's rephrase Rabbi Lazar to make sense with this. A woman does not become forbidden to her husband if one witness comes and says that she was being unfaithful. Okay? Ella bishnaid. You need two witnesses to show up. The kino yustira. But when it comes to Kino Yustira, the warning and the aid on Stira, on, on Yichud, Afilu Nami. You can even rely on an Eid Achad. Okay, which means that as long as you had two witnesses about the warning, you could rely on the Eid Achad um, to say that they had Yichud. And if they had Yichud, there's a natural assumption of, uh, you know, that they, uh, they engaged in in uh, forbidden relations. Upesach pasuach kishnei edim dami. says the Gemara, incredible thing. Ready? When the husband finds the wife does not have the, the opening of a besula, that is like two witnesses. Now, what do you mean two witnesses? He says, listen, I had relations with her. The facts on the ground are, I know what I felt. And therefore, as far as his own confidence and knowledge, we consider his, his experience to be an experience of two Adam, hence she becomes forbidden to him. It is. So is when Rebbe says that Pesach Basuach is going to forbid her, is that a contradiction at all to Kino Yustira by Saita? No. Because what we're saying is as far as he's concerned, this, this is the witnesses. And if you're going to tell me one second. So why were David and Bashav allowed to stay together? It says the Gemara, there it wasn't Aynas. You know why? Why is it considered uh, uh, against her will? Because David HaMelech summoned Bathsheba. And since he summoned Bathsheba, when a king says something, you're obligated to do it. And since she was obligated to do it, She's not considered a, um, it's not considered with her will. Since not considered with her will, she didn't become forbidden to, uh, to the husband. Or you could say, 
This that Rashmo Barachmini taught us in the name of Rabbi Yenison, we now turn to Tess Amud Beis. Kol Hayaitzei Lamochemes Beis David. Chevro, listen closely. Anytime any soldier that went out to fight on behalf of David, which Uriah did, Bathsheba's husband Uriah, okay, went out to fight on behalf of of uh, David Amelech. Get Krisus Kaisiv Leishtai. Every single one of them would write a get to the wife. This is so interesting. This is a pasuk Yishai, David Amelach's father. When David Amelach was younger, his father told him, "Go to your brothers, who were all generals. They were army generals, and make sure that they and and take a ksuba from them." Things that get in between husband and wife, which means incredible. Yishai taught, who was a tremendous tzaddik, taught his son David that when his brothers went off to battle, they need a right to get to their wife so that there's no aguna situation. And what happened was when David Amalek became king, he made this part of the uh, uh, part of the process. Of every single soldier, when they went off to battle, they would write a get to their wife. And the get would state, I'm going off to battle, this is your get. If I don't come back from battle retroactively from this moment, you are behold a divorced woman. And therefore, no woman's going to remain in Aguna. Now this, by the way, is so crucial for the story of David and Bathsheba. Because again, there's a lot more to the story. However... For our intents and purposes, when did David and Bathsheba have relations? After Uriah went off the battle. And he ultimately didn't come back. He ultimately was killed. So when David and Bathsheba had relations, was she a married woman? No. You understand why? Because Uriah, since this was institutionalized as for every soldier of David Amalek, Uriah wrote a get to his wife. If I don't come back, you're retroactively divorced from me from today. Hence, when David HaMelech and Bathsheba were together, she was really a divorced woman. Incredible. Okay? And therefore, um, uh, and therefore, the, uh, the uh, prohibition wasn't, uh, wasn't uh, really in place. Now, it doesn't mean David Amalek was let off the hook by this. He still did something wrong. He was punished in a number of ways for the story of Bathsheba, but it, it, it does come to clarify certain elements of the story. Okay, Gvaldik. Amr Abai, Abai says, We also learned that our Mishnah Basul, and this is the Maravi. Basul gets married on Wednesday. She gets married Wednesday day, not Thursday day. My daita. If we allow them to get married on Thursday day, then what's going to happen? What are they going to wait for? Monday. Till the next time Besdin sits, and by the time they get to Monday, the husband's going to have chilled out um, about his being upset about the Pesach Pesuach. Says the Gemara, Ulamai, what are we concerned about the husband chilling out about? That we need to make sure their first relations is Wednesday night. If you're going to say as far as Ksuba. Yeah. Now, if she had relations, so he doesn't owe her Ksuba anymore. If that's what we don't want to calm down about. So, let, let, let him calm down. 
What's the worst thing that'll happen? He'll give her a ksuba. You understand? If the next morning, he's a Pesach Pasuach, runs to Bezdin. Yeah, sir, what, what do you want? I don't want to pay her a ksuba. She lied, she was a basula, she's really a baula. I don't owe her the amount of a basula. Okay, fine. Now let's say it takes him a few days and he chills out. What's the worst thing that'll happen? He doesn't mind paying a, a ksuba of a, of a basula. No, big deal. That, that's his choice. It's a free world. Why are we so concerned about him uh, coming down? Rather, we're concerned that really she's forbidden to him now. And he's going to end up wanting to stay with her. And now, what's he coming and saying? Pesach Basuach. So with this claim of Pesach Basuach, she's becoming forbidden. My love, the Katon Taina is Pesach Basuach. You see, just the claim of Pesach Basuach makes her forbidden. The Katon Taina Damim. No, he's not tining about Pesach Basuach, that she has the opening of a Basula. Rather, he's saying after our initial act of intercourse, there was no dam, there was no blood of virginity. Okay, now when there's no blood of virginity, that's a, a more direct type of claim. And um, it's, uh, it's, it's more direct and therefore there's more room for believing. When a person says, I found the Pesach Basuach, I found my wife has the opening of a besula, Namon left, say the ksuba. That's enough to, to say that the ksuba changed. Okay? You no longer owe her the value of a besula. Amar Rabbi Yisif, which is double of a beula. Amar Rabbi Yisif. Rabbi Yisif says, Ma'i kamash What's the big novel idea? What's the big chiddush? Tanina. The Mishnah already taught us. A person who hangs out, literally means eats, but he, he's, he goes over to his father-in-law's house in Yehuda, and there's no witnesses. Now, we're dealing with Arison. So this, the, the Chassan and Kala in the area of Yehuda and Eretz Yisrael, they were, they, they were meyachid together. They had yichud together. So a person goes to his father-in-law's house. He's, they, they have Arison already. They're married. They just didn't move in. All right. Now, since in Yehuda they weren't careful about yichud, and they already had Arison we have a natural um, suspicion that there's a possibility the couple was together intimately. All right? Now, therefore, if 10 months later, by their nesuin, he shows up the next morning, he's like, oh, she's not a basula. You know what we're going to say to him? Um, hello, you are the one who had yichud with her 10 months ago. Yeah, very nice, there's no besulim. But we suspect it's from you. Which seems to imply in Yehuda, where they had yichud, he can't tie to this. But in the Galil, where in a place where they don't have yichud together, he could claim besulim. Ulamai, now what is his claim? Eli love, if he's claiming to say that we're really forbidden, you know, she's forbidden to me. Yehuda amai loi, why in Yehuda don't they, you know, shouldn't the same thing apply? You know why? Because he's saying, listen, I know I didn't have relations with her, even in Yehuda. I know I didn't have relations. So we say like this, if you want to remove money from her, you can't remove money. 
we suspect you had relations. But if you're really showing up and telling us you didn't have relations, maybe we should forbid her to him. We should say she's at least usher to him. Are they going to say, no, it was you? He says, I know it's not me. And if I know it's not me, I know she's forbidden to me. So why aren't we accepting his testimony? It must be we're not accepting it only because it's a financial claim. Elolav, the Hefseidok Suvasa. His whole claim of Tainas Besulim is to remove his Besula Ksuba obligation. Udikaton Taina, my love, the Katon Tainas Pesach Basuach. Aren't we done with the claim of Pesach Basuach? Says the Gemara. Here's our question. This is all an explicit Mishnah. So you see, Shmuel, who's an early Amira, who says that a Chassan can come and claim Tainas Besulim. To remove his get obligate to remove his ksuba obligation, that's already explicitly in the Mishnah. Shmuel, we don't need you. So why did you say it? That's the question on Shmuel. Answers the Gemara lie. No, don't assume that the Mishnah and Shmuel are both coming to teach me the same chiddush. Rather, the katoin tainas damim. In our Mishnah, he's not coming to claim Pesach Basuach that she didn't have the opening of a besula, but rather he's coming to claim that there was no dam by their, uh, you know, the, the first time they were together. Now he could prove that. How can you prove, now th- there's ways to go around, but how can you prove there's no dam? You could bring the sheets. You could uh, bring various proofs that, that no, you know, show me where the dam is. I, I looked, you know, there's no dam at all. So over there, where there's more of a, something to look at, to back up, when you tie a Pesach Basuach, something about her body, is there any way to check that out? You can't check that out. It is what it is. He's the only one who knows. By Tainas Damim, there's more room for other people to know. Maybe you could, you know, bring us testimony, show us that uh, there was no Dam. And therefore, in such a place, that we'll accept that Taina in the Galil. Top of Yudam and Aleph, let's just wrap this up a couple more steps. Says the Gemara, Itmar, we learned... Amar Rav Nachman Amar Shmuel Barav Shimon Elazar. Rav Nachman says the name of Shmuel, who quoted Shimon Elazar. Chachamim Tiklem LeBnais Yisrael. The Chacham established for a daughter of Klal Yisrael LeBesula Masayim Lamana Mana. When a woman is a virgin, she receives a ksuba of two hundred zuz, and an almana, a person, a woman who's not a virgin. Over here, the example is a widow. It's just going to be is going to be half. It's going to be hundreds. Vehema Minu Sheim Amar Pesach Basuach Neman. And also, we trust the husband to say Pesach Basulah. Meaning, if the next morning he shows up and he says, you know, she wasn't a Basula, we'll trust him and say, and, and adjust the Ksuba. Says the Gemara, What did Acham gain with their Takana? Meaning, says the Gemara like this. If let's say you have a guy who after the first night is like, you know what? I'm not interested. So he can easily get out of uh, any sort of obligation. Lower his cost, completely, you know, uh, separated from his wife. What they gain? What, what, what they gain? They said a woman gets a ksuba. Why does a woman get a ksuba? To protect her. Yeah, protect her. How's this protecting her? The next morning, every husband can come in with that claim. Says the Gemara, Amarava, no, don't worry about it. Chazaka, there's a status, a person's not going to go through a whole wedding meal, all those expenses, 
with the intent of leaving his wife after one night. That's not, that, that's not a normal thing to do. We're not concerned about that at all. Hence, if somebody actually does come with a claim the next morning, we are going to give it an element of credibility. We'll hold it here for today. Bezhan, we will pick up 10 p.m. on Matzi Shabbos, continuing this sugya, continuing this topic with Tana.